As the LGBTQ plus community around the world celebrates Pride Month, we here at the podcast remain acutely aware of J.K. Rowling's unacceptable transphobia. That's why we've made a donation this week to the Sylvia Rivera Law Project. Named for civil rights pioneer Sylvia Rivera, this organization's mission is to, quote, guarantee that all people are free to self-determine their gender identity and expression, regardless of income or race, and without facing harassment, discrimination, or violence. The Sylvia Rivera Law Project offers legal, social, and health services to underserved members of the trans community. We hope you will join us in donating. Previously on Harry Potter and the Anxious Millennials... We shivered <laughs> our timbers and read chapter nine called Grim Defeat. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so for our reader or listeners who could not understand a word that Adam just said, yeah. we read chapter nine this week. It's called Grim Defeat. Ellie! <laughs> what booty do you find in this chapter? And that is part of my for your consideration reel. So I just wanted to make sure everyone is aware of that. I think it's like they're prepared. The Slytherins are like a bunch of shitheads and they're like really aggressive and that's what they're ready for. And the Hufflepuffs are like, oh, pardon me. Oh, oh, excuse me. Oh, 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 no, after you. And so that's what they have to prepare. Oh, 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 sorry Uh, about that. I love your uniform, by the way. Really cute. Um, <laughs> just hanging out with the boggarts, me and my boggart friend. Hanging out. That's exactly what he's doing. He's just sitting by himself, like. <laughs> That's just, what I'm picturing them, like, yeah. coming in and he's just fucking just, like, wallowing. Just like, ugh. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Adam, she overextended herself. But already in this book, she has given us Colonel Fubster. Broken balls. She has given us Rindelows and. Uh, yes, Adam. She has given Whoopers. us whoopers. She came up. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. She came up with dement or. <laughs> okay. And a rabbit named Binky. And a rabbit named Binky. I named the werewolf character Lupin. Wolf man. Wolf moon man. Moon wolf man. <laughs> I can't. I can't. That's it. Welcome to Harry Potter and the Anxious Millennials, a show where we delve week by week into each chapter of the Harry Potter series. <laughs> Hello! This week we read chapter 10 called The Marauder's Map. Owie, what happens in the chapter? Thank you for making yourself small as well. I did. I I had my like legs up so like they weren't touching the floor. I love whatever this character is, young Adam <laughs> narrating the pod yeah. intro. I love it. Are we done? That's it for this week. You didn't think that was funny at all? No, I I hate Adam's characters. <laughs> this is going oh, straight like to Lauren Michaels. This is I, this is my yeah, reel for Lauren. SNL. Well, baby Adam, in this chapter, Harry gets the Marauder's Map and he discovers how Sirius Black supposedly betrayed his parents. Supposedly. Allegedly. 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 
Um, so the, the chapter starts out and, um, Harry is still a little, uh, shaken up from his encounter with the Dementors and his 50 foot fall off the broom. And he's in the hospital wing for a couple of days, but he's, he does not want to reveal to anyone that he has seen the Grimm again because he thinks that Ron will panic and that Hermione will be like, you're an idiot. Um, (laughs) It, we do find Sirius does explain why he became a, a dog specifically, like an animal of that size. But I do think that he very purposely chose to be a dog that looked exactly like the Grim to fuck with people. Like, I think that he did it very specifically. Oh, I always just thought it was because he had black hair as a human. So, like, he had black hair as a dog. I don't know. I I just think that. He w- your your answer is more fun. Yeah, I just I could see <laughs> I him. Just never being, thought about it. I could just see him being like, "I'll be a I'll be a dog, but I want to be a grim, so that when people see me, they freak the fuck out for no reason." I was I I, I kind of bumped on, and I not hard enough to be like I'm taken out of the book, but I was like, he he had to regrow his arm in book two, and she kept him overnight. And all he did was like faint and fall 50 feet and not really land hard on on the wet ground. And she was like, you're here for the weekend. Like, did that was shocking to me. It's it's harder to evaluate emotional trauma. (laughs) Right. When you don't have an actual psychologist present. (laughs) I was going to I actually I had that same thought that it bumped me because I was like, Wait, if he just like passed out, that's basically the same thing of what happened on the train. So then I was like, wait, did Harry actually hit the ground? And we just missed that? Well, he did. They Dumbledore slowed his slowed fall, him but he down. still he still fell on the ground. So there right. was still some type of collision basically. Sure, which I'm I understand. I still say 50 feet is not that Do you want to try falling fifty feet, sir? Yeah, yeah, Adam. Let's try this out. <laughs> if I was if I was slowed by magic on the way down, I don't think it'd be that bad. Um, but I will say, I feel like if she, if it had actually been something where he had received damage, I feel like she would have actually mentioned it in the last chapter. So that's why I was yeah. like, oh, like she didn't say like, and he he had broken six ribs. Like, she, <laughs> right. like she was just like he was right. fine and just maybe had. A brain hemorrhage. <laughs> yeah, he just had brain damage, so it wasn't worth mentioning. Right. Just par for the course for Harry Potter. Well, I stand by what I said. That emotional trauma is harder to evaluate. Also, the fact that Hermione and Ron were by his side. Every second. Like, every moment. <laughs> I was like, come on, guys. You're feeding this kid's ego. Like, just go do your own thing. It's because you know in book two, he gave them shit about them not being there the minute he woke up from his arm regrowing. So they were like, well, shit, we don't want to get that again. Yeah. Can't have Harry be mad at us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I truly and deeply hate how she reveals that how Harry knows that it's he's hearing his mother. This, I, this is what I hear. Everyone said the Dementors were horrible, but no one else collapsed every time they went near one. 
no one else heard echoes in their head of their dying parents because Harry knew who that screaming voice belonged to now. I hate that reveal. That's so stupid. Don't yeah. say it like that. Just be like, I I just like just oh god, I just don't like it. Just it's this it's literally the exact same thing that she did that I hated in book 1 where she was like there were tons of spiders in the cupboard under the stairs and that was where he lived. It's the same thing. This is why he's hearing his parents' voices or and and that's who it was or whatever it is. I I hate it and I don't like it and I wish you would stop doing this weird structure thing where she's like and Oh, it's, God, it's, I, it's I don't. Burying, she's burying the lead because you know, yeah, you know she she thinks it's like she's so proud of herself. She's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, no, no. This is not Bitch, good no. writing. <laughs> this is not good writing. So Harry leaves the hospital wing, and um, Draco Malfoy coming in hot with the physical comedy. I love it. <laughs> He's like, I'm back. Yeah, <laughs> like he did like, like a twirl in the entry hall and was like, I'm healed. <laughs> the bandages are off, bitches. Yeah, yeah. Draco's back. <laughs> um, so they go to uh Ron I do Ron throws a crocodile heart at Malfoy. Um <laughs> Snape takes 50 points. Mm-hmm. It's not even worth – I'm just going to say that. It's not even worth going into a discussion about it. But Maybe, just like, okay, here we are again. I did when I re- when I read it. I was like, I wonder how much a crocodile heart costs. <laughs> Snape was like, in this is worth <laughs> Yeah. He's like, do you realize how much money you've just wasted by throwing – do you realize how many crocodiles you could have saved that needed a, a heart transplant? <laughs> you could have rinsed it off. You can rinse off an organ like that. I imagine it exploding upon impact. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, just, I just imagined it like flopping, like falling down. I mean, it could have it could have done that too, but to me, it's just more fun to imagine it. Just In as soon as it hit. Arms of the angels, and blood for crocodiles. Yeah, but for crocodiles. I don't know if that's my croc impression. I'm a cook. So they go to defense against the dark arts and Lupin is back in class and immediately everyone's like, I don't know who Snape thinks he is, but if you think that I'm doing homework that he assigned me while you were away, you are out of your mind. And Lupin's like, guys, relax. You don't have to do this. The thing that keeps coming back up is the two rolls of how how long do you think two rolls of parchment are? We will never know. Just like the point system, we'll never know. We'll just have to assume it's long. <laughs> I didn't because you know, like obviously, like in high school with like loose leaf paper, but like even if you yeah. were to do like in college, if someone was like, "You need to write a two page paper," I would be like, "I could do that in thirty minutes." Yeah. Well, the I'm other saying? thing too. The other thing too is like. She's already used earlier in the series, she's used like inches as the as the indicator of how long essays should be yeah. or whatever. Like it was like <laughs> right. a parchment that was this many inches long. And now we're going to two rolls of parchment, but like how What, what if we, I cut the parchment? Right. What if yeah, what if I just take my 
magic scissors. That was that wasn't was funny. Or just write big. Yeah. Just write big. Just write big. That too. That too. Um. So we have a little defense against the dark arts lesson. We talk about a little hinky punk. How do you feel about that name, Adam? I'm more okay <laughs> with that punk. one because it's like two words. I don't know if hinky's not a word, obviously, but like you can yes, see it where is. it came. Hinky? Yes. Hinky punk. What's hinky? Hinky's act. Hold on. Dishonest or suspect? Oh, I didn't know. Great. Then I like it even more. Well, now I'm gonna. When someone does that, I'm gonna be like, "Why are you being hinky?" We could. <laughs> so we hinky? could turn this into the next. Yes, Gen Z, get on it, I Gen Z listeners. Harry Adam Potter and the Hinky Millennials. Um, and so then he really he releases class, but then he's like, "Harry, boo boo, I want to talk to you." And so Harry goes up to him, and Lupin is like, "My son, I heard about what happened after the Quidditch match." And Harry's like, mm, "Yeah." Um, and he and he was like, "You know, is your is your yeah. broom okay?" And Harry's like, "No, uh, it uh, got shredded to bits." Um, but I won't let go of the pieces and I yeah. keep them under my bed at night. Because it's my best friend. Um, and he's like, well, did you hear about the Dementors too? And Lupin is like, that I did. And I do like in this that Harry is like already starting to um, feel comfortable with Lupin. <laughs> that he's feeling like he can confide in Lupin and like talk to him about these things. Um Yes. And so I do like that this like relationship is developing, but I just again, we've we talked about it with like McGonagall. We talked like I don't know why he doesn't reveal to Harry that he was such good friends with James and Lily. Because like when you think about the fact that like if James and Lily had not died, Lupin would essentially be an uncle to Harry, you know? Yeah. Like I just I don't understand why he like I'm sure that there was something there. I'm sure that he came up with some some type of excuse of, you know, well, like, I'm his teacher now and, you know, I don't – whatever. Whatever it is, I don't agree with it. I think he should have approached this differently. Yeah. Um, but then he's – Harry's like, does it make me weak that I have – like, the de- Dementors have such a huge effect on me? And Lupin's like, no, 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 not at all. They're the scum of the earth. And – um. He talks about um he talks how, about sorry yeah. how they're like eating how they eat human emotion essentially is that mm-hmm. what you're going to go into well yeah <coughs> what so like are they literally sustained like their source of life is from this like this is where I was like, Joe, what are you doing? Like, I understand that this is a children's book, but like, it still has to make sense to a degree for <laughs> adults. <laughs> like, the adults still have to like be able to follow what you're doing. So if the child's like, wait, what does that mean? They can explain it and not be like, I don't know. <laughs> like, so I was like, I need more information. Like, if there aren't humans around, do they like pull from? animals like what what's going on because is it or do they just not need to eat and it's like a high for them emotionally like I'm very confused by this because they were like starved and that's why they came to the pitch so they 
there basically like they were like it's a banquet all like yeah like crazy like i'm so confused (laughs) oh yeah this is great let's do it (laughs) i'm so confused like I don't understand. I've never thought of Dementors as comical, but like now with what she's talking about, I'm like, and she, th- this, this book describes them as so human and communicative. And I just like never really realized that before. Like I was like, I thought of them more as just like monsters that weren't, that didn't really communicate with each other, let alone like humans and stuff like that. But clearly like the way they talk about them, it's like they have conversations with them. Yeah. It's weird. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but what I was yeah. going to say is that again, he's, he's talking about how they're at Azkaban and he's like, yeah, most people go mad within weeks. The wizarding world is so fucking dark and draconian. I don't understand why, why this is such a terrible thing that she's created. It's barbarism. It's disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. The problem, though, my biggest issue with it is that it's not, it's not like trying to like show that it's properly. Well, it's not even, it's not even like Joe is like presenting it as like bad. She's just like, it's not, there's never like a discussion of like dementors are bad because this isn't (laughs) how we should treat prisoners. It's more just like, Dementors are bad because you can't fully like decide how they're going to like you can't really make sure that they're going to do the what they're supposed to do. It's yeah, never it's, it's similar- never like prisoners' rights. It's always like, well, they don't really work. <laughs> well, it's, a sim- it's similar to the house elf thing that she's like, but they like working. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that, it's like, no, we're not going to actually shine a light on what the real issue here is. Right. That's the same thing with the. It's like system. the secondary issue that she's like, <clears throat> this is the problem. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no girl. Yeah. <laughs> right. So. So the end of the conversation ends up uh, Lupin being uh, Harry asking Lupin if he'll help him learn how to um, fight the Dementors and Lupin agreeing and saying, but after the holidays. And so then after this conversation, guess what, guys? It's my favorite time. It's my happy place. It's Christmas time at Hogwarts. I think Flitwick is the gay professor. I don't think Dumbledore is gay. I think Flitwick is gay. Why can't they both be gay? One token gay character in the wizarding world. <laughs> because we're only allowed to have one Asian person. So we need to have one yeah. gay person. Dean Thomas is holding down the fort for black people. <laughs> um, but Are I just, saying- he's, he's very, he's very into Christmas every single year. It's a reference that he is the one like doing Christmas decorations, mm-hmm. which is very like, uh, gay in his like 50s energy very mm-hmm. that um, and also just the way I just I get I just get I just feel the I feel it I feel it I agree with that I'm on board for this um, so then it says to everyone's delight except Harry's there was another Hogsmeade trip come on dude this is a person who truly like cannot other people cannot be happy if he's unhappy. It's like, that's not how it works, my friend. You have to be okay with not getting everything you want when other people do. He would have bought a new broom. 
sorry. There's no way that he would have. He cares so much about Quidditch. He would have been like, I'll just order a new broom. It's fine. I have a shit ton of money. Like maybe it wouldn't have arrived yet. But like there's no way with how much Harry cares about Quidditch that he would just be like, I'll ride an old broom from the school. Well, he had to sit Shiva for his Nimbus 2000. (laughs) So... You are so stupid. You're stupid. He, <laughs> he needs he needs to have a memorial. <laughs> that is what makes you say I'm stupid. He left. <laughs> I read I remember reading this now. This is what I think. I think the reason she made that reference when he was in Diagon Alley to be like he didn't want to clean out his... He wanted to make sure he had enough money for all seven <laughs> years of school or whatever. I think that was I so know. that she could like explain away that he doesn't immediately buy a new broom. I know. And I still don't care. No, I know. I agree. <laughs> just, I just was like... Because I remember when we had talked about it, we were like, this is so stupid. Is, yeah. What a stupid reference. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's for this moment. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> Yeah, um, boo. So it's the day of the Hogsmeade trip, and Harry's just like stalking the halls, and he runs into, <laughs> yeah, it, he runs into Fred and George, who are hiding I'm behind, mad. exactly like that, who are standing behind the statue of a humpbacked one-eyed witch. Pick and... one, girl. Either you're <laughs> humpbacked or you're one-eyed. Pick one. She listen. She had a hard life. <laughs> Clearly. She had a hard life. And they're like, Harry, come into this classroom. We need to show you something. Okay. The Marauder's Map, truly the philosopher's stone of the prisoner of Azkaban. I have (laughs) so many goddamn questions about this piece of magic that none of it makes sense. She did too much with one thing. Don't, don't, listen, listeners, don't think about the Marauder's Map. And you'll let, your life will be so much better. My life right now is a fucking shit show because I can't stop thinking about this. Okay? So they give him – I will say it's like truly selfless of Fred and George to give this item to Harry. If I had the Marauder's Map, I would never in my entire life give that up. That would be mine forever. Okay? I would be like, you can borrow this briefly, bro. Yeah. And yeah. then you have to give it back to me. I have – so many i don't care if this podcast is two and a half hours long i have so many questions about the marauders map i want to know how they made it i want to know how it works i want to know how fred and george discovered the magic words to start and end it what yeah how okay so for- I want to know why Harry goes through book two and deals with a literal horcrux and then is like, I think it's fine if I do it with this again. I think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it, this is okay because Fred and George gave it to me. I do have a couple of things to say about that. But but what I first – okay, so for the listeners who very obviously know what a Marauder's Map is, I'm still going to explain to you that the Marauder's Map is a map of Hogwarts that shows not only secret passageways and hidden rooms, but it also is essentially like a living surveillance system so that you can see every person who's in the castle. Mm -hmm. It's the thing at the end of The Dark Knight Rises 
that Morgan Freeman's character is like, I won't participate in this. And Batman is like, do it. And then at the end of the movie, he's like, shut it down. It's that thing. I never saw Um, it. Okay. And you can basically, you can see every, it shows where every single person is, their movements in the castle. Um, It, it, It shows them as a figure. It shows them as a little image, like a person. And the, and like the ink little, is green. I like, forgot yes. about that. Yeah, like the, the ink game is of green. Life, like a little peg. I'm surprised the ink wasn't purple because we know that Joe loves That's making anything color. magical purple. That mm. is the magic color. Yeah. Um, so mm. we we later find out. So it, it does say at the top of the map, like Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs. We find out later that, you know, that's. James and Sirius and Peter and Remus, they together, although let's be real, it was probably James and Sirius who made this, made this map. And I want to know who it was that got it confiscated, how Filch ended up with it. Peter Pettigrew. Peter for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And they were like, dude, what the fuck? (laughs) But if Um, you made it, can't you just make, like, this is, Make another one. Like, how how did they make this? How do you yeah. make something like this? So, this seems what? more complicated than making a Horcrux, and I'm not even kidding when I say that. I totally, no, I totally agree with you. Yeah. And here's my biggest issue with it, <laughs> is that if I'm thinking about the Marauders map, and I'm thinking about these four teenagers who are at Hogwarts, I'm, I'm, flexible i'm not totally out of the idea that there is some magic enchantment that they could have put on that would keep track of everyone in the castle i'm okay with that i i'm not gonna lose sleep over that particular part what bothers me what bothers me is that there this is now like how many years have passed? Like 10 years have passed. I don't think that's the right math. But 10 years have passed. This is an entirely new crop of students, okay? Brand new people, people that weren't even born when they made this. How are they appearing on the map? Yeah. These are people that they they had no idea who they were. How is the enchantment applying to them is it something that they've done to hogwarts and if so that must be the most powerful enchantment because we know we already know all these things about hogwarts you can't apparate in it you can't like a muggle can't find it there's all of these things about it and i'm like you're telling me that the moment that i step into hogwarts some enchantment that a 15 year old put on the castle is going to then track my movements every yeah. single moment of every single day. You're also telling me that they, in their time, were able to discover every single nook and cranny of this castle. How did they find these tunnels? How, how did they know the, the spell to use Thank to you. open up the witch's humpback? How did they know all that, but they didn't figure out the Chamber of Secrets and where it was? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That's what I was going to say. The Chamber of Secrets would have been discovered real quick if this was all very true. If this was all true. 
It's insane to me. I think what's what's so insane is that this is a piece of, that must have been such powerful magic, and yet Fred and George, who I believe, what 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 year did they say that they discovered this? They found it in their first, first year. year. Second or th- so oh, first between, year. Between their first year and their fifth year. So in four years, less really, probably more like two or three, they were able to figure out how to use it. What? This is what I'm saying that like she has to give more of an explanation for these things because I really think that in her mind she's like they're just going to think oh and it's all possible because it's magic like that's the umbrella that everything sits under of explanation and you're like no no, I need more than that <laughs> like, we're not, I, I can't we're not even getting into the like Peter Pettigrew conversation of it we'll, all. Like we'll we aren't even it. there yet. I'm we'll not even about that questions about that yet. We'll talk about it when it actually happens. Because right. I feel like if we talk about it now, there's still so right, much. Right, right, right. No, I, I I completely agree. Yeah. I just mean like we're going to literally have to have this conversation and then have another Marauders yeah. map conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Just as an item, it's too much to be true. I yeah. think she could I I just think that she had it do too much. I don't like that there's figures. I only remembered the movie version and where it's just the Me names too. and the footprints. So when there was like Harry's figure tapped the the hump, I was like, "What do you mean the figure?" I was like, well, "So you can see people just like jerking off in their dorms? Like no, what are we talking no. about?" No, because it when they're looking at the map at the it's the top of my page one ninety three it's just labeled dots. Okay. So I wonder if because but it says at one point that Mrs. Norris like sniffs the floor. I'm like, how the hell do you know she's sniffing the floor if it's a dot? I don't know. Uh, it's so- how it knows the spell to say to Harry how. To go back really quick because we're about to have a conversation where we had the conversation with Lupin. Um, and one of the passageways that we learn is above the Whomping Willow. I don't mm-hmm. understand how Harry, Harry is not an investigative journalist, obviously. He's never going to work for the New York Times um, <laughs> because Lupin was like, oh, they planted that the year I got to school. I would be like, what do you mean they planted that? I would have. I would be like, wait, why did they? Why did they plant that tree? See, if I was Harry Potter, I would have just assumed, oh, that tree, that tree has just been on the grounds of Hogwarts for centuries. It's it's this whole institution was around the tree. The tree the is the source of was, our magic. They yeah, they chose the location because of the tree, right? But then you <laughs> would learn, no, they planted this psychotic tree. I would be like. For fun. Sorry. Can we just like rewind really quick? I have a few questions. What and why? <laughs> Especially because he is a nosy ass little kid. So it's like typically you're all up in everyone's business about this type of stuff, but th- this doesn't catch your and pique your interest at all. You're like, oh, oh. Um, I also had a question about like this is art. This is gonna be so hard to cut. I just had a question of like. Th- uh, Lupin, who I agree is a good person, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say anything. There should have already been questions. 
to Lupin and I'm not on Snape's side when I because Snape is obviously inferring that like Lupin is letting Sirius into the school and I hate to go back like two chapters or whatever but I think that there is a conversation that Lupin should be like Sirius has been discovered in Hogsmeade and now he's been discovered in the school so I don't know why Lupin is like Hey, Albus, I think he might be hiding in the Shrieking Shack. You should probably send him in towards there. If we are to assume that Remus is under the under the understanding that Sirius Black is the reason that Harry's parents are dead. His best friends from high school. Like, if he really believes that, he would be like, I think you should trek the Shrieking Shack because that's obviously how he's getting into the school because he's an Animagus. And there's no way Dumbledore doesn't know that He's an Animagus, right? Dumbledore absolutely does not know that Sirius is an Animagus, though. Okay. Yeah, that's no so one else. No one me. knows that any of them are Animagus because that's how Peter Pettigrew got away with his whole. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Harry does. Harry does his little his little spell and opens, and it says the statue's hump opened wide enough to admit a fairly thin person. There's another part in this book where she's like, uh, never mind. Yeah, Fly, people Fly could Joe. never do this. Thank Fly God Joe. Harry's not fat. God, she is so shameless with her fat phobia. Like when you go back and read these books, it's really upsetting. It also just like, Ugh. that's not even, that's not even like, that doesn't even, that detail doesn't matter. Like at yes, all. That's what I'm at saying. All. It's Look, so she just stupid. The thing is, she. There are so many other ways that she could have described it, other than a fairly thin person. Right. It's a very tight entrance. I would be yeah. like, yeah, that makes so much sense. You're entering through yeah. a statue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually even need you to say it's small. I would be like, you're entering through a literal statue. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be a doorway. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so Harry takes. He takes the secret passageway. He ends up in the basement of Honeydukes, um, and which is like a crazy place for it to end up. And he makes his way. He makes his way up, and we have a full like. These were the candies that were at Honeydukes. <laughs> um, so he sneaks up on on um, Ron and Hermione, who are trying to to discover or to find something to give Harry for Christmas. And they're Which, like, no, no, JK. This is so, this made me actively angry. Ron and Hermione are not always talking about Harry. I was so mad when I read this. I was like, no, he happens to come upon them looking for a gift for him. No, <laughs> I'm so mad about it. I was so mad. I was like, this is. This is ridiculous. This is just so unfair to Ron and Hermione as characters. And it, it's J.K. Rowling's fault. I'm mad at her. It, it, I'm not mad at the characters. I'm just like, you couldn't have them talk about anything else. I love in the movie that they fix this and they're having like an awkward, like flirty moment. Do you guys remember what happens yes, in the movie? It's the very shack. cute. Yeah. Yes, it's very cute. I think I think we made the joke about like Crab and Goyle are like they don't even realize they're the main characters that neither do Ron or Hermione. They do not know that they are the <laughs> main characters so of their much. lives. Oh. 
I am so mad at her for that. I was like, I think I, yeah, I was literally like, I made a face by myself in my room. Like I was like, no, there's no way. They didn't, it didn't have to be about, they could have still had been having the same conversation. It just wasn't about, they just could have been like, what do I want to buy? Or just like, where do you want to go next? Yeah. Are you hungry? <laughs> Things you, just talking about anything. It's a cold day today. <laughs> anything that normal your, people talk about. Your hair looks very nice, Hermione. Oh, How, thank you, Ron. I can't believe you actually wrote that two roll of parchment essay on werewolves, Hermione. Shut up, you Ron. Know, I can write this whole conversation. Do you need me to do it? Which, I wish they would have been talking shit about Harry, actually. I wish they would have been like, oh, God, we're going to have to go back and see Harry. And he's going to be so annoying. And he was moping around all day. And then he's like, hey, bitch. Where you been, bitch? Bitch, you thought you'd seen the last of me. They're like, oh. Um, So Harry's like, hi. And they're like, (laughs) Surprise. We're like, how did you get here? And I, I truly love Ron's just like, well, you've learned how to apparate. Good for you. Like, <laughs> I laughed out loud at that line. <laughs> it's just so funny. And Hermione's like, you're an idiot. That's not what happened. And so Harry explains to him and is like, this is how I got here. And Hermione's like, well, you can't do this. And Ron's like, chill bitch and he's like nothing's gonna happen to him look at there's (laughs) wait Allie I love when you summarize what the actors say in your own words and Ron was like chill bitch (laughs) thank you for doing that I don't love that her go-to for Hermione is that she's a nag and a scold I really don't like it because I liked in especially in in this book Especially in this book. I really liked in book two that Hermione was the one leading the charge on making Polyjuice Potion. Like, I really liked right. that turn for her character. Yeah. I thought that was really exciting. And I, you would just assume that because she had, like, now broken the rules that she would be more comfortable. I understand her, like, fear of Sirius Black being <laughs> that he had killed 14 muggles and Peter Pettigrew. Da, da, or, like, allegedly, da-da-da. I understand that concept. Then that's probably why she's, like, extra cautious this year. But, like... I I it I don't like that this is like the third time in this book already and we're like half we're not even halfway through that Hermione's like oh but you have to follow the rules and the rules are so important yeah. and it's like oh my god stop yeah classic woman <laughs> yeah it's, she doesn't she clearly this is this is just JK revealing more about herself yeah Another shrill harpy over here. God. Yeah. She, the <laughs> amount of time James. she says Hermione's voice was shrill or any something like that. Or just, oh, my God. What are you doing, Anna? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I, I don't even have an answer. Why did Ball and Jane take you into <clears throat> okay, so they leave they leave Honey Dukes and they're like, where to next? And they're walking around and Harry's like cold as hell. And so Ron's like, well, let's go to the three broomsticks. And so they go inside and um, they get a table <coughs> and they're drinking butterbeer. And right as they're starting to get a little buzz going, 
Um, they see that McGonagall, Flitwick, Hagrid, and Cornelius Fudge have entered. This is a weird the- combination of people. It, I understand why she did it because it's very much like, okay, like Flitwick is here to explain the charm. Hagrid is here to talk about seeing Sirius. Fudge is here to talk about the law. And McGonagall is, is, <laughs> yeah. is there's is, nobody is here. else in the wizarding world that <laughs> yeah. could talk about the law. <laughs> it's the, yeah, I don't you know. know, the prime minister just walks into the pub. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By himself, alone, with your local teachers. This is is the great moment in, like, being an adult now. You're like, you idiots. But, like, that Harry, Ron, and Hermione, you're like, the teachers are here? It's like, yeah, yeah. They also come here. But it's like that moment where... where you see your teacher at a restaurant or something, and you're like, you don't live at the school? It's it's the moment... (laughs) it's the moment in Mean Girls when she sees mm-hmm. she, she sees yeah. Tina Fey working at her part time job. PJ Calamity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and McGonagall is there as like because she knew she knew the the boys well or whatever. And then Rose Murda is there to ask the questions that she has to, to ask answered. the questions. Absolutely. This but that's he, my biggest problem with this chapter. Yeah. It's very, so yeah. it's like it's very clear that she was like, okay, how am I going to have this? And and mm-hmm. that's what it was. My problem with this is that do you honest to God think that Ruvius Hagrid would look Cornelius Fudge in the face and not slap the shit out of him? Thank you. I didn't They're even fine. think of that. Oh, my God. He, and he, now we know how terrible Azkaban actually is. He wrong. Yeah, he wrongfully imprisoned Hagrid for being the heir of Slytherin. And now just like what? Five months later, they're out having a pint a together. <laughs> well, and the other I thing too is like we never even really talked about this in the last book. But the only reason Cornelius Fudge felt co- not the only reason, but the one of the main reasons Cornelius Fudge felt comfortable doing this is because Hagrid is half giant, and there is just mm-hmm. such a such a um. I don't know racism. I don't know if racism like, is the right cl- word, like, but yeah, like, no, it is. Ra- it is like racism against giants. intolerance. Yeah, intolerance to the giant community in the wizarding world. That I refuse to believe that a he's now that he's just like going out and having a drink with a half giant that he was willing to just throw into Azkaban last year. I don't think Minerva McGonagall is hanging out with. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't think she's hanging out with Cornelius Fudge. I'm not going to lie. I don't think she's hanging out with Rubius Hagrid. I, I believe she would hang out with Phileas Flitwick. I do believe that. Okay, so this this strange group of people that would never actually spend time together enter the bar. And they're like, oh, no, Harry hides. So Harry goes under the table. Hermione moves a Christmas tree in front of the table. And yet, despite the fact, I'm sorry, have you ever been to a bar where you could hear the conversation word for word of the table next to you? The, well, uh, no, absolutely not. I don't know how many people are in this pub at this time. I, mean, I have. To, I mean, yes, I agree. We don't know how many people says, are in the pub. It was extremely crowded. Like that's oh, the, okay. That's the first thing she <laughs> says about it. They were yelling then. Even if they weren't, yes, they were screaming the story at each other. Even if they wasn't, if she didn't say it was extremely crowded, I still feel like it would be busy. A because you have five five years of four years of Hogwarts students here, which is just going to make anything more busy generally. Mm. And also, mm-hmm. it's like it's so cold outside. People just want to go in and like get out of the cold. 
They're not going to spend time going over to the shrieking sack and standing outside for no reason. Why not? (laughs) That's not what you want to do? So they take a seat and um, first of all, Hagrid's go-to order is four pints of mulled mead. That's like his, that's his one drink. Like just one. That was why One for Hagrid, one serving. Alcoholic. One serving is four pints. Ta, Rosemary, ta. Ta, ta. I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> so they're sitting and, and the minister is like, I, I see that your bar is incredibly busy and you have a lot of work to do, but do you want to sit here and talk to us? And Rosemarta's like, okay. So she's, <laughs> yeah. she sits down and she's like, well, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, I'm here because of Black. Did you hear about what happened at Halloween? And she's like, I heard a rumor. And McGonagall is like, did you tell everyone? I'm sorry. This is, again, the whole thing that we went through with Chamber of Secrets. It would be incredibly irresponsible not to report to the public that Sirius Black is at the castle. Yes. That is so irresponsible. There are so many things happening at Hogwarts. Because they already reported that he was in Hogsmeade. That he was spotted in Hogsmeade. Right. So, like, yeah, I don't. It's just, it's crazy to me that, like, and it's not like the general public knows that he's trying to kill Harry. That's the other thing. Like, this isn't, most of the wizarding community does not know that that is, that is his supposed ultimate goal. So I don't know why, I don't right. know. It's very strange to me. So, then we start, and Rosemurda is like, you know, I honestly, I can't, it's, it's every like true crime documentary where they're like, they're like, I can't believe it. They were so, it's like anytime that someone does something terrible and the neighbor is like, seemed fine to me. Yeah. That's essentially what she's doing here. She's like, I never would have expected him to do it. And, and, and Fudge is like, honey, you don't even know the half of it. And Rosemary is like, what? And so, um, so they talk, they, they get into like, they're talking about the dynamic. It's like, well, do you remember who he was best friends with? His best friend was James Potter gasp. What? And that, that was Harry gasping. Yes. The other people already knew. <gasps> <laughs> and they were such, they were such troublemakers and they were best friends and not many people know that when it became clear that Voldemort was going after the Potters, they went into hiding and they used the Fidelius charm. This is a charm that I don't get. It makes, it literally makes, Fidel, sorry, Phileas Flitwick tries to explain (laughs) this charm and he might as well be speaking Latin. Like it makes... (laughs) no sense what he is saying the words coming out of his mouth have meaning and they don't have meaning at the same time i think it's just trapped inside someone but then i'm like okay voldemort could give a shit about that he will literally just kill people until someone rats out some information it just the question i have is like fine the 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 secret is concealed inside how does that then mean that the building seems to not exist? Like that? Yeah, like he cannot. What? Correct. 
what I don't understand, <laughs> what I don't understand is what about the people that knew the address before, like who knew where they lived before? <sighs> Does it just, because I, I do, I will say like when we get to book five, they talk about, um, 12 Grimald place that like when Harry, when the, when Harry reads the address, like 11 and 13 move to reveal. So I, yeah. su- I suppose that it would be like, it just, it would disappear from you. I guess. I don't know, but it just doesn't make sense to me that they're like, okay, this is where we're living. We're putting a charm on the house. You're the only person that knows the location of it. And unless you reveal it to other people, despite the fact that like, I'm sure that they had other friends who had in their address, Lillian James Potter's address. Hagrid knows exactly where to go when the, yeah. That's the other thing is that I'm like, is it because the charm was broken that broken? He, he knew or was able to find and see that? He the like house? remembered all of a or sudden. What what's going on here? How does this charm work? If if we're going off of what happened in like with Grimald Place, so everyone can go to it, but like Dumbledore was the secret keeper of Grimald Place. So no one could reveal where it was. But then I'm like, well, then all you have to do is like follow someone that's like friends with the Potters and just like not tell them you're following them. And then you'll at least know the general area, like of how all the Death Eaters wait outside in the fifth book, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. So it's real. it really doesn't make sense. This is like the fifth thing in this chapter that I'm like, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> also, I, there's sorry. Just so many things. The absolute extra ass explanation of being like it's buried inside someone's living soul i was like girl shut the fuck up that is the stupidest shit i've ever heard in my life no it goes with them to their grave um so if a dementor sucks out their soul is the dementor the secret keeper like let's get real jk yes yeah, if they if they if they have a splintered soul because they have a hor- they've done horcruxes. horcruxes right. Like, horcrux. does every bit of the horcrux have the secret? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't know. I know the first three letters. <laughs> <laughs> I know the first three. I know the second three. You have to cross. You have to New York Times yeah. Sunday crossword yeah. puzzle yeah, to it together. Like a um. So so then they're like. So wait a minute, Black was their secret keeper? And they're like, yes. And you know what? Dumbledore had his suspicions that somebody close to the Potters was relaying information. And and Dumbledore wanted to be the secret keeper, but the Potters were like, no, Sirius will go to his grave. He will not reveal this information. And you know what? He did. Allegedly. Allegedly. And, um, so it's like black, black betrayed them and, and, um, Fudge is like, I think it's Fudge who says that. And he's like, yeah, he decided that he, he didn't want to be a double agent anymore. He wanted to be all Voldemort all the time. There's just so much conjecture and they're just absolutely stating everything as if it is known fact. To like, mm-hmm. oh, we were there for the conversation when they decided who the secret creeper was. We absolutely know that this is true. And no one has mentioned Lupin's fucking name. Nope. And I'm like, there's no way. 
It honestly, whoa, whoa, you guys, it would have made way more sense for her to have Lupin in this scene and this be like the reveal. But I guess, well, never mind. Harry wouldn't have trusted Lupin then, I guess. Actually, no, he probably would have. If Lupin was like, I was really close with them. And then, yeah, like Black betrayed my friend and I'm, I've never gotten over it or I've never, I'll never be able to forgive him or whatever. I'm sure Harry would be like, wow, you. I'm so glad to know now that you're my parents' friend. Like, so yeah, she totally could have had Lupin be the one that is sharing this story because he was actually involved. Stupid. Stupid. That's what I would have done. And so then (laughs) Hagrid takes over the story to be like this no good (laughs) two-bit. Drunk Hagrid sloshing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Stinking, stupid, murdering traitor. This is this is a great callback to book one um, because he, right. he says, you know, I was there. I saw him when I went to go get Harry. He was the one who lent me his motorbike. I remember reading this as a child vividly and being like, what? And going and getting book one and like reading and being like, oh, my God, it does say Sirius Black. I think this moment here hats off to you because it is one of the reasons why these are such fun books to read and to reread is because we we get these little kernels here and there so there's yes, a compliment for once in your life um, and, we, and we just continuously get more of them as the series progresses which is yes, like the best part right, of reading right. these books is like yes yeah exactly and so Hagrid is like, you know, I was there. I saw him. He was like shaken to his core. Little did I know he was upset about Voldemort. He wasn't upset about Lily and James at all. He asked me if he could take Harry. And I was like, no, Dumbledore's orders. I have to take Harry. Can you imagine if he had taken Harry? He would have thrown him off the side of the motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> like, Wee! <laughs> Bye. See ya. Um, and Rose Murda is like, well, it, you know, it's not like he disappeared because you guys found him the next day. And Fudge is like, well, yeah, but at what cost? Because this little turd named Peter Pettigrew, who was deeply untalented and stupid, went after him. And like, fat. Yeah, went after him. They mentioned that he's fat. And I'm um, like, JK. And um, went after him and... Uh, confronted him and tried and was and was weeping and was like how could you do this and uh by all accounts black pulled his wand and exploded the street and killed Pettigrew and all that remained of him was <clears throat> his little middle finger no his ring his pointer his pointer finger i think is his um, pointer finger a digit some and, finger. Um, and uh, so then, so then and that's it. That's the chapter. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not done yet. And um, and then he was taken away by twenty members of the magical law enforcement squad, which is a lot. Hagrid is like, if I had been there, I would have ripped him limb from limb. And Fudge was like, you would not have. You don't know what you're talking about. Nobody but trained hit wizards. <laughs> what are hit wizards? I just imagine like men in black with wands. 
It makes me think of, it makes me think of at the end of the Santa Claus, there's that like black ops team of elves that go in to do a yes. rescue mission. Yes. I'm like, is yeah, that like what that. this is? She clearly she did she had no idea what an aura was yet. She had not come up with that concept, or she would have yeah. used that here. Obviously. Ugh. You got to keep it going, JK. You got to say hit wizards instead of ors for every book moving forward. I like hit wizards a lot more than ors. Yeah. <laughs> Aru. It, it's, a, it's a weird word to say. It's like rural. Um, rural. So, and, and you create it. Why would you create such an ugly word? Um, so, and then if I just like, well, the worst part is he's not even crazy. The last time that I went to see him, he was like, can I have your crossword? It's so important to keep your mind sharp while you're in here. <laughs> and I did enjoy the image of like Sirius just being like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. It's like content in his cell. Maybe Still, even like cross-legged tea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, it, and they're like, well, I can't, the Dementors didn't seem to affect him. We don't know how he got out. And Rosamurda is like, good gracious, you don't think he's trying to go join you-know-who? And Fudge is like, um, among other things? He, like, doesn't want to reveal that he's after Harry, but he's like, well, that's his end goal, yeah. <laughs> um, Eventually. And, um, and then it's just kind of like an awkward silence, and they're like, well... I guess it's time to head back to the castle. And uh Yeah, they're like, don't want to be late for your dinner date with Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. So they leave and uh Ron and Hermione are like, Harry? And Harry <laughs> and Harry's hey. like, what the fuck? And that's it. That's the chapter. <laughs> All right, well that wraps up this chapter. <laughs> Next week, we'll be reading chapter 11 called The Firebolt. <laughs> you need to get into voiceover. <laughs> you, you, can find, you can find the podcast on You're Apple Podcasts. You're not doing Podcast, this in the voice, too. Spotify, Stitcher. Or, I would have done it in my normal voice if we had had a review, but we don't have a review, Allison. Or wherever you find your podcast. As always, don't forget I'm to rate, this. review, and subscribe so that we can get a perfect newt score. Five stars only, or else we'll stuff a cockroach cluster down your throat. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HP Anxious and YouTube at The Ampliverse. We are hosted on Anchor, so thank you to them and are a proud member of The Ampliverse. Check them out at theampliverse.com. Thank you, Owie, and thank you, Owie. You're welcome. Go to bed. <laughs> and as always... Mischief Managed. Oh, okay.
discovering voices, building worlds, the Ampliverse.